listeners, hello, welcome to another episode of Habit Helps podcast of Creekside Community Church in San Leandro, California. Each week we're talking about how habits build you and about how you can build better habits. I'm Jeff Bruce. I'm a pastor at Creekside. I'm joined by another pastor at Creekside, John Bruce. He's my dad. Dad, how are you? I'm good. Good to be here again. Good. Well, we're going to keep talking about the habits of a disciple maker. The habits of a disciple maker. Dad, I've got a question for you. In the New Testament, how many times is the word Christian used? Gosh, three? You were right, Dad. Three (laughs) times the word Christian is used in the New Testament for Christians. Dad, do you know how many times the word disciple is used? I think it's used 150. 17,200. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, disciple, you're probably closer than I am. In fact, I know you are. Uh, But yes, the word disciple is the primary word used to describe Christians in the New Testament. Um, A disciple, an apprentice of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, someone living life with Jesus, learning from Jesus how to become like Jesus. That's what a disciple is. And so when a Christian asks, who am I? Disciple is the answer. You are a follower of Christ. That is your identity as a Christian. That's who you are, and what do disciples do? (laughs) They disciple. They make disciples. You have been saved by Jesus into a union with him where you are his disciple, and you make disciples just like Jesus made disciples, and that, Dad, is why we are talking about disciple-making and the mechanics of disciple-making. How do you do this? And to answer that question, we've been looking at Robert Coleman's classic work. You've read it about 600 times, I'm <laughs> guessing, at this point, as you've made other disciples and read it uh, with other people, uh, but his work, The Master Plan of Evangelism. And the reason we're using this work is because Coleman really just breaks down how Jesus made disciples— And if we're following Jesus, well, we're going to make disciples like the master makes disciples. And so we're learning how to make disciples just like Jesus did. And uh, we've looked at the four, at four of the practices of a disciple maker, selection, association, consecration. Last week, we looked at impartation, and we weren't entirely sure that Coleman knew what he was talking about when he said (laughs) impartation. But we looked at this idea that Jesus doesn't merely call us to do things. He gives us what he need, we need to uh, accomplish right. what he asks. Uh, or to use the church father Augustine's phrase, Jesus gives what he commands. He provides mm. us with the motivation and the means to make disciples. So we've looked at four. We're looking at the fifth habit today, the fifth habit of a disciple maker, which I think is easier to understand. Fifth habit is demonstration. Demonstration. Jesus sets an example. Dad, thoughts? I just think that it's it's important to see that Christianity is not so much of a belief system as it is a way to live. And uh, John says in 1 John 2, 3, by this we know we have come to know him if we walk as he walked. And that's why long before Christians were called Christians, they were called the way. Mm-hmm. It, it, was a, it was a way of, of living. So a disciple of Jesus is someone who is learning to live the way Jesus lived. Mm-hmm. And so a disciple maker is much more of a coach than they are a counselor or, or an instructor. Um, and for this reason, Jesus models and demonstrates everything that he teaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was never theoretical or academic. Yeah. Uh, he, 
he was immediately applicable to people's lives. And uh, he didn't have a curriculum. He was the curriculum. Mm. People learned how to walk like Jesus by watching how he walked. Yeah. And so if we're going to follow the example of Jesus, we can't just sit in an ivory tower and write books. We have to actually get out and demonstrate in front of people how you actually uh, follow Jesus and live like him in, in each area of the life. Yeah, I often think of teaching as explanation and then illustration. Let me give you some theoretical con concept and then illustrate it um, practically. And in Jesus, you see just the opposite, right. that Jesus is always illustrating what he wants to teach before the disciples even know that he's illustrating it. Right. And then, okay, why did that happen? Yeah. And now let's talk about the theology of it, the idea of it. <coughs> but, but yeah, Jesus leads with doing... Um, as the primary <coughs> teaching method. Right. So he starts with the concrete mm -hmm. by doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you see it in Jesus' life? Well, I think, um, as Coleman brings out, he took several areas. One, Jesus' prayer life. The disciples learned to pray by seeing Jesus pray, and it's not until they say, Lord, teach us to pray, that he begins to teach them how to pray. Mm -hmm. So they saw what a priority was they saw the importance of the word from the way that Jesus uses it. Jesus bleeds Bible. He's he's always referring to the scriptures. They could you couldn't be around Jesus for very long without seeing that the scripture was very important. Are that are that people uh, were of very high value to God in terms of the way he treated people. So so everything that Jesus uh, taught, he had already demonstrated to his disciples by his own life. Yeah. And so by the time he got around to teaching it, there was no surprise at all that this was his priority. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It strikes me um, on those examples. Um, they're, they're so clear as you read the, the Gospels how distinctive Jesus' practices were. I think about the way he used Scripture. My kids were both reading the story of Christ's temptation a few mornings ago, and we take a little bit of time in the morning just to talk about what they're reading. And, and immediately they're like, Dad, like Jesus didn't even talk. He just said Bible back to Satan. <laughs> like He didn't come up with some argument. He just said, here's what the Bible says. And, and, and it was good. I said, yeah, why That's would great. he do that? And, and, uh, and at least part of the reason is to show you, you don't argue with Satan. <laughs> yeah. You just speak the truth of Scripture. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but again, he's embodying what he wants us to do there. Exactly. No, that's a good illustration. Good. Other thoughts? Well, I think some of the practical implications for a disciple maker is, is that you're not just going to be having spiritual discussions all the time mm -hmm. about things. Yeah. And and I've it's helpful me to really recognize the limits of the intellect. There are some things that you can only learn by doing them. Mm -hmm. um, I I cannot teach someone how to swim in a classroom. They can right. they can understand swimming theory, but they still can't swim until mm -hmm. we get into the pool and actually do that. And so there's so much in the Christian life we only learn by practice. We only learn by doing. And so to see that as a disciple maker uh, puts. Uh, I think it's a healthier perspective that I have to teach this person how to do certain things for them to grow and to learn. I can't just say, well, read this book or, or even look at this <laughs> verse. 
um, I think of Hebrews 5, where it says that solid food is for the mature who, through practice, had their senses trained to discern good from evil. That yeah. we, we grow by practice, we grow by doing, mm-hmm. and therefore demonstration is, is essential because I've got to show somebody how to do something before I can ask them to do it themselves. Right. Yeah, and, and so certain kinds of demonstration are easier to do with a disciple. Yeah. Like um, demonstrating the prayer life, well, every time you pray together, <laughs> if you've cultivated a prayer life, you are going to be modeling for that person, here's how to pray, here are priorities in prayer. Right. Um, right. All of those things. As you talk about Scripture, even your understanding of Scripture um, is, is a thing that will model for them how to read the Bible, right? how to, to be in the Bible. And it was encouraging to me, one of our pastors here was talking with someone and uh, giving them counsel, and their reaction was, I just wish I knew the Bible and had it as close at hand as you do. Mm, that's great. And that was their impression. I thought, that's, that's great, because if they're modeling that, then that person, as they're talking, now they, they want what, what this person had. Right. Right, and right. so now they want to get in the Word because they're seeing well how powerful it is to have the Word at your fingertips right. to apply it to different situations. So prayer and Scripture, those are kind of the obvious ones to me. To me, there are. It's going to take, I think, probably more intentionality to do modeling with some of these other areas. Yeah, you have to be with a person. Yeah, it gets back to association. It gets back to association. You cannot make a disciple from a distance mm-hmm. because of the necessity of demonstration. Right. So um, if they don't see you with your family, right. um, they're not going to know how they should interact with their or spouse interact, or treat their kids treat or, their, right. or, or, or stuff like that. If, if they don't see you in a work situation, it's hard, uh, or in a, in a temptation, or uh, any number, the, the more they see your life, the greater the potential for impact there is right? because of this principle of demonstration. Yeah. And Paul says to Timothy, you, you followed my teaching, my example, my persecutions, mm-hmm. uh, all these things. You, you know everything. You were there when I went through all these things. You know how I handled these things. Right. So imitate me as I imitate Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, um, y- you see Jesus' intentionality in a place like... Uh, in a place like John 13, where he washes the disciples' feet before dinner, and he says, I'm giving you an example. Um, but the disciples wouldn't have known what it meant to sacrificially serve right? unless Jesus had given them such a dramatic example yeah. of the way they should lay down their lives for each other. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. And, and so when I think about discipling someone... Um, you have to think about how you are going to model what you want them to do when they do this with someone else. Yes, That's got to be on your mind all the time. And the way I think of it is, whatever you do with them, they're going to associate with the normal Christian life. Right, right. <laughs> and we learn so much more through catching, right? Yes. What's yeah. caught rather than, than what's taught. And so what kind of experiences do I want my disciples to have? How do I want to host them? How do I want to invite them into my life? What kind of experiences? It's going to take some forethought. Um, the way you engage them, the way you reach out, maybe you go to their work and hang out with them and interact with their coworkers, the way you invite them into your house. Um, all of those things are modeling right. all the time what they should be doing 
with other people. And I, th- I think the place this is probably most challenging is in evangelism. That, that when you're discipling someone, um, you've got to have a kind of relationship that's open to the presence of, of non-believers. This is one reason a community group should be open to the presence of non-believers. Yeah. Because as they see you engage with your non-believing friend, they realize, okay, here's how to have conversations yeah. with someone outside the faith. Here's yeah. how to, to go to a deeper place in the conversation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so again, all of those things go into it. And um, I think the principle I want to drive home here is something that the writer of Hebrews talks about, Hebrews 13, 7, when he says to um, the Hebrews, remember your leaders... Those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Right. Without a flesh and blood example, um, Christ living in someone, reproducing his life, we don't have a concrete sense of what to do. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I just, I drive that point home because the temptation, I think, when you're discipling is like, let's just get in the word. And let's read the Bible and stay in the theory. Um, and you need the Bible as the foundation. Absolutely. Without the Bible, you won't have a disciple. But that book has to be embodied in a human being. Yeah. So you're learning from the book and from the person's life all the time. And those things have to go together. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think sometimes we sub... That, that's, to me, the difference between a Bible study and a discipleship relationship. Yeah. Is, is that the discipleship is the flesh and blood demonstration all the time yeah. of what these things are, yeah. um, just like in parenting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, I think that to help put some, um, to form, some form to it, if a disciple is defined as a person who abides in Christ's Word, right. who loves other disciples, mm-hmm. and who is bearing fruit through evangelism, right. then the three areas where I want to demonstrate I want to demonstrate how do I study the Bible and apply it. So it's not just me giving people Bible answers. Right. But it's more saying, let's go to the Scriptures. Let me show you how I found that. Right. Let me show you how I got into that. Here's, here's how you actually study the Bible. Yeah. Here's what I'm learning from the Word. Yeah. And, and then modeling. But yeah. also how I'm learning it. And how I, and how I got there. Yeah, how I got there. So right. It's not just, so it's not a mystical thing that... Yeah, gosh, I don't see that when I read the Bible. Well, right. Here's how you can see it. And then second of all, in terms of they, my disciple needs to be with me in with other Christians. Right. Because they're not going to see how to love other Christians unless they're with me. Yep. And they have to be with me with other with non-believers yeah. to see how I relate to them. And I think that's why um, I, I really think our approach to group evangelism of of seeing our small groups as teams of missionaries. Right. We're doing evangelism together. Each person brings a different gift to the mix. Is so much more effective mm-hmm. than, than just doing evangelism by yourself. Because, one, people can't... They just think you're an unusual person unless they can see you with other believers. and and Right. But the other believers also never learn to do evangelism unless they see it up close. They have to see it modeled. Yeah. 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 yeah it's good. And I think along with that is I, what I, one thing I'm learning is to resolve not to teach anything that I haven't, that I don't practice myself. Yeah. Um, get it out of the theoretical or abstract. I think this is what Jesus meant when he said, uh, first take the log out of your own eye hmm. so you can see clearly to take the speck out of your brothers. If I am not applying it myself, I am not in a position to help somebody else to apply it. Yeah. 
I think that idea of leaders go first yeah. is really important here yeah. as you're thinking about making a disciple, is that if you're studying the Bible together, you've got to be—you don't have to be too far ahead, but you've got to be at least a step ahead in your yeah. thinking on this. Yeah. So if you're going to call people to obedience, right, consecration, it, the, the assumption's got to be, I'm already seeking to obey in this area, right. and here's how, and here's my plan. And, and so if you're going into a Bible study and have no clear idea of how you're going to apply this thing to your life <laughs> or what it means, you're going to have a hard time being a credible source to that person. Yeah. Um, or that person who you're trying to disciple is going to think, well, this is just kind of theoretical. I just need to grow my knowledge of Scripture, and it's not really about life transformation. Right. Right. Exactly. And, and so, yeah, that, that, that leaders go first in, in applying is, uh, is a really key yeah. principle here. Yeah. You're really a player coach. Right. Um, you've you've got to be in the game. You've got to be playing the game yourself. And then you're coaching the other players uh, in, in how to do it. Mm-hmm. And so if I, if I can't, if I'm not playing the game myself, mm-hmm. then I really can't make a disciple. Yeah. Um, and if I'm not willing to coach others and demonstrate to them and show them how to do things, and I think right. that showing people how is such a critical thing because it's so much easier to discuss uh, great abstract <laughs> theories than it is to really get down to okay, here, how do you do this in real life? How mm-hmm. do you how do you love your wife? Right. Um, how do you love your neighbor? Yeah. Yeah. How do you do all things without grumbling and disputing? Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. Yeah, well, and keeping it in the theoretical is more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. It's it's more challenging to figure out how to obey some yeah. of those things. So, yeah. so that's good. I, I think some takeaways here are, are, are think about the three areas uh, of what a disciple is. I think that was helpful in terms of what we demonstrate. And, right, John 8, Jesus says, real disciples abide in my word. John 13, real disciples love other disciples. John 15, real disciples bear fruit. Yeah. <laughs> they seek and save the lost. Yeah. And so those are great pegs to hang things on Yeah, uh, that I want to be modeling life in the word. We could throw prayer in there too, prayer in the word. I want to be modeling how to love other people, other believers. And I want to show them, I want to model how to love the lost. Yeah. And so as you're thinking about your discipleships relationships uh, with people, listeners, think about those three things. How do I need to model life in the word, life in community with other believers and, and life on mission? It is not a prideful, self-promotional thing of saying, look at me, look at me, look how good I'm doing. No, the action is what communicates the lesson. Yeah. You will produce what you are. That, you know, that's, that's the thing. And so if your disciples are not turning out the way you would hope, the thing to look at is, well, am I really living the way I would like them to live? That's the first, that's the first question to ask. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting um, that's a profound point, and one we should just drive home is that you're always making disciples. Yeah. If you have a sphere of influence, you're always discipling people. Yeah. You're always teaching them how to live by how you live. Right. And so the question is, are you making disciples of Christ or disciples of something else? Right. Right. And I think that idea of looking at the fruit is really important, and, and something I relate it back to in my own life is when I got out of college and seminary, there were many great things, but one unintended consequence is that I assumed discipleship was basically about getting smart. Mm-hmm. And it was about mastery of ideas mm-hmm. and concepts. And it's taken me a decade, 
to disabuse myself mm-hmm. of that idea of being mm-hmm. so academically oriented in my discipleship. I'm always going to have an academic bent because I'm a nerd, but I, but, but you disciple what you are, right? And all the people I looked up to <laughs> were all academians yeah. and yeah. thinkers. Yeah. But, but you again, you begin to assume, okay, what's normal is, is just that. Getting to know Jesus is just getting really smart about Jesus stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than, yes, amen, absolutely. Let's always grow d- deeper in our knowledge of the word. But um, maturity is obedience, right. is applied knowledge. Right. right. And so we've always got to have a, 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 a bent towards how are we going to apply this? How are we going to apply this? How are we going to live this out together? Right. So, right. Just a, an illustration That's for my good. own life of that. That's good. Good, good thing. I, I think of it as, as the development of habits mm-hmm. um, because we're, we're really talking about how do I habitually act in a certain situation. Right. And so I'm trying to train myself and then train other people. How you, you, do you behave in this particular situation? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I've got to demonstrate that, that I've got to also help them to learn to practice doing that themselves. And I think there's something to be said about using the situation at hand to teach and to demonstrate huh. as opposed to uh, kind of having a, uh, an arbitrary plan of disciple. Okay, this is the week we're going to work on this, or this is the week we're going to work on this. Rather, what are they going through right now? Where are they in their lives? And how can I help them from the things I've learned to, to handle that themselves? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good to have things you want to do with them and want to experience. But as we know, the teachable moments come when there are teachable moments. Exactly. And, and so when they're there, right, leverage those opportunities. Um, I think a great one is if you're serving with them in some context, if you go through some experience together, have the after action review. Yeah, that's great. How did that go? Yeah. If you're socializing with non-believers together, how are your conversations? Yeah. What would you have done differently last time, next time when you're engaging that person, right? Because that then you've already you've had the experience together. Now you have a a great um, shared point to talk about what to learn from it. Yeah, yeah, and how to grow. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, good. Well, do you have anything else, or is is that about it for you, Dad? I think that's. Pretty much, pretty much all the things I had thought about. Nice. Well, I think that's a good place to leave off then because I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> and so next week, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about delegation and uh, how Jesus entrusted, assigned uh, the disciples with work to do. And uh, once you've demonstrated it, you, uh, you can ask people to do it that's themselves. Right. So we'll look at what that means for discipleship. So... Hope this was helpful, listeners. Thanks for tuning in, and um, we will be back with you soon.